All right. Welcome, everyone, to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. This is actually episode 32 in our sixth season. We have done hundreds of these, literally. And I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, all-around superhuman, Jen Waybor. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I'm good. Didn't didn't get to didn't get to see you last week other than this kind of thing. So it's true. I'll see you tomorrow though. All right. Cool, cool. Um, and we've got Jen and I have a really great guest for you guys today, a repeat guest. So you know that that right off the bat is a gold ring because we get to interview an awful lot of people on this show, and we come across a lot of people that we wouldn't want to have back on the show. Um, but when we do find someone and someone that we want to have back on the show, someone that we like, someone that that has good knowledge, good content, is really in a position to help you guys, our audience, out, then we try to take full advantage. We even accelerate their cycle a little bit rather than making them wait the normal 18 months that Jen has booked out for the show. So welcome back to the show, Todd Bitter. Hey, Todd. Hey, thanks for having me back. It was a wonderful time. Well, and we were talking about this before we uh, actually started broadcasting that uh, it's been about 14 months since you were on the show and holy shit has a lot changed in the mortgage business, in the real estate world and in your world in that time frame. I'm not sure we're ever going to have enough time in a single broadcast, a single episode to get caught up on all of this. But um, yeah, it's been a big year. Yeah, it's um, you're right. I, I I made a big move this year, and uh, on top of the fact the market's been crazy, and uh, crazy. so I was always known as that lone wolf guy that did everything by himself. You know, just worked out of the house, originated, did a pretty high level. I think I'd like. Oh to yeah, you, we, dude. Yeah, it was a very high level, especially for a one man show. I think you had said to us the last time you were on that you were basically originating loans eight hours a day. Yep. Processing loans eight hours a day, sleeping, eating, and bathing with the third eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did everything. I processed. I had no LOA. I had no processor. I literally did everything from start to finish myself. And for um, decades. You know, for a long time, yeah. Long yeah. time. And you know, did a hundred plus million a year for a while. And you know, I always like to say, you know, in 2019 I did 87 million, and that's the real test because everybody did a bunch of loans in 2020 and 2021 so I, I, I did a pretty good level um but yeah um last year i um i left the originating world i have not originated a loan since mid last year and uh i am now with you mortgage and oh uh, we know yeah so I, I i made the move from little tiny todd sitting in his pajamas in scottsdale to now i've cleaned the hair up i'm shaved i, I wear suits now sometimes and i whoa I'm, I'm with you, Morgan. So whoa, you know, I, I, okay. The, the Todd wears the suit is the part. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna need some I, kind I'm of joking. medicine. I, I do. Yeah, I know. Occasionally, I wear suits. Occasionally. All right, but still Scottsdale. Still Scottsdale. Okay, still hotter than the devil's crack. Yeah, <laughs> and of of course, the most important thing in all of this is how's Evie? Oh, she's great. Yeah. Okay. She, you know, we we, we obviously like her. Well, yeah, everybody likes her better than me. I, I'm like, you know, it should be, you know, what would Evie Bitter do? And then just 
you know, <laughs> instead of the other way around, because, you know, everybody loves her. I'm just, they tolerate me, you know? All right. So tell us about how all of this intertwined, right? So the mortgage space shifted dramatically. The real estate world shifted dramatically and your shift has been dramatic. Did any of those drive the other? Did your decision, and we had talked about this earlier, that you were kind of starting to explore some other opportunities the way when we had you on the show last. And obviously that was about the time that mortgage and real estate had taken a hard right turn. Did these intertwine? Was uh, part of it motivating factors? What what, what were you thinking about? So what I would say is I think the market had a small role in it. Not much. But what had happened was I'd been doing the origination thing by myself for quite a few years. Ever since Years and years ago, I ran a big team. But since 2008, I basically worked from home by myself doing my own thing. Um, over the, from 2018 through 2022, every year I got a little more active in like AIM and, yeah. and speaking events, you know, like EPM, UWM, a lot of the places would have me in, you know, um, I just found that I was helping more and more people. I was like kind of doing some coaching on the side for free. Like, you know, every week I'd talk to two or three originators around the country and, I was just that guy that was always open to help other people. And I found that that was more motivating than just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, you well, know, I, and it's very, very different. And I feel you because I have done both. I still do both. And we love helping our mortgage clients. And you do truly get to help people one at a time. Yeah. yeah. And, and what you're doing now is helping a much larger group of people with the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was kind of it. I mean, I... I I loved originating. I love my clients. I love my customers, my realtors. Um, but I wasn't waking up in the morning like saying, yay, let's originate. But what did get me going was like, oh, on my calendar today, I'm talking to Joe Smith in Indiana because he's struggling. And he asked if I could give him 20 minutes of my time. And that like motivated me. And then I was doing a lot of speaking things with AIM and different events. And I really found myself drawn to that as more of like what woke me up in the morning to do things. So then when the market got, and I was fielding offers, I've been fielding offers for years, you know, you know how that is. If you're a decent originator, you're getting offers left and right. Um, and <laughs> yeah, me and Anthony the, Costa. The recruitment never stops. Yeah. And then me and Anthony Costa had known each other for quite a while. I'd done a lot with him. I'd even been, I'd even done some trainings for his people at U Mortgage and I didn't work there. You know, he would just say, hey, will you come on and talk about this or that? You know, and then last year um, at Fuse, I just saw Anthony. And I said, "Hey, let's let's talk," you know. And and we started finally talking about, do I want to get off the hamster wheel that I'm on of originating, or do? And he's like, "Look, you can come aboard, be my chief sales officer, run sales. You can do so much more with us, and you don't need to originate. Quit originating. I, you don't have time for it. You got hundreds of loan officers that you can help." And that was kind of the motivating factor. Like now I get to be that guy that helps others and I can get off that originator. I call it the originator hamster, hamster wheel because literally you're just running as fast as you can originate, you know, and it never stops. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the motivating thing. But then at the time, the market was shifting and I'm like, if I'm going to do it, now's the time to do it. Why do I want to struggle through the next six to 12 to 18 months? And for me, struggle is probably pretty still pretty good numbers. But right. why do I want to put myself through this? 
when now I can really use my talents to help others that are really struggling. So that was kind of like I said, maybe 10% of it was market driven. 90% of it was just doing something on a higher level. Yeah, and I think that that's actually the case. And, you know, I'm not sure you and I have ever had the conversation, but there's a lot of synonymity, a lot of symmetry when it comes to authenticity, transparency, really you being you, really you kind of having this old, and yes, for those of you that are only listening to the podcast and aren't watching the video cast, Todd and I are old. I guess anybody who's been, you know, circumnavigating the mortgage business for a quarter of a century, um, you know, we weren't 12 when we started doing it. So, yeah, we're (laughs) old. Um, And there's kind of this old, early on sales mentality, real Zig Ziglar kind of shit that is, if you just help as many people as you can get what they want, you're going to get what you want. And you embody that as well. Um, and I, I never see you thinking, talking, worrying about the long game. It, you're here and now, you're in the present. Let's help people as many as we can, because you know that long game is going to provide those dividends for you without having to have to worry about it. Huh. Absolutely. Which, you do yeah. the right thing today, tomorrow's taken care of. Totally. Yeah. And this is one of the things that yeah, you and I have very little in common when it comes to who we work with, what we do. We cross paths a couple of few times a year at conferences. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time chatting when we don't have you on the podcast or when we're not face-to-face. And yet there's so much symmetry and symbiosis there. It just lights me up. I love watching you work. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So tell us about your new role. Yeah. Give us some of the specifics. What are you helping these LOs to do? Um, what, what are the big struggles you're seeing? And what are the big steps people are taking to overcome? Yeah, so my new role is Chief Sales Officer for your Mortgage. And basically that entails kind of running sales, um, motivating. You know, so it's, it's you know, we have hundreds of loan officers that are under us. Um, I'm also out there recruiting because... I have a little bit of a, you know, my profile is high enough that a lot of people know me. So it's easier for me to recruit than just a standard recruiter. Um, yeah, so it's the really social about- media shit that Jen put out about you being on the podcast again this week was evidence of that. I don't know that we've seen that much traffic on, hey, here's who's going to be on the show this week. Uh, for quite yeah. some time. So that's obvious. So, yeah. So I might as well use that. I mean, if I'm well known enough, I might as well use that, to, you know, and, and again, there's a lot of people out there in this industry right now that's just scared of what the next step is because we've been through 18 months of a tough market right now. I mean, really, 12 months of a really tough market, but 18 months of a of a of the market shifting. And so, you know, my job is to basically keep our people motivated, do some training, you know, but build and grow. You know, I mean, I'm out there recruiting. You know, we're finally getting some traction. Funny thing is, is we've had traction in a lot of markets at you mortgage, but Arizona. You know, and it's like, it's where I'm at, you know? And so me and Anthony just had a meeting an hour ago and we're really strategizing. We've got some people coming aboard, some people that's already come aboard. We finally got that traction. So now we're going to build out Arizona. We've got Dallas is a huge hub for us, Cincinnati, uh, Florida. We've got some really good hubs for you mortgage right now. Um, And now Arizona is starting to build out. So that's really my job is just to 
keep the keep the wheels turning on the sales side. You know, keep keep bringing in new new faces and going out there meeting retail and brokers both. I mean, we we really look at the retail side to to recruit from because those are the ones that are most active right now switching jobs. Um, but we, sure. you know, we do you know we bring in brokers as well if they want to come aboard. You know, um, but and I guess over the years I've been lucky enough that I had a bridge. Like even though I was proudly wore my brokers or better t-shirts. I wasn't the guy that the retail guys all threw tomatoes at because they hated me, you know, screaming brokers are better down their throats. So I've always had a good relationship on both sides of the fence, you know, and, and that's helping now with you mortgaging growing and bringing in both people, both brokers and retail loan officers. Okay. So of the LOs that you're motivating, that you're, solving problems with, I don't want to say for, because obviously the people that are, well, I don't think it's any secret. Uh, there's been a mass exodus. I think we saw some stats earlier this month that were down to just under a hundred thousand licensed LOs in the country. So the people that are still around that are in it to be in it, that treat it like a career, not a job. It's a marathon, not a sprint. They're having struggles the last 12 months, 18 months, as you expressed. What kind of struggles are you seeing and what kind of solutions are you guys all coming up with? Well, first and foremost, the biggest struggle you see out there is the guys and gals that way over focused on the refi markets for years, you know, and I was you know, if you ran into me in, in 18, 19, 20, 21 at the height of the market and the height of the boom in 21. The first thing I would say when when people would talk to me is you better be out there cultivating and building relationships with realtors because this is all going to come to a screeching halt at some point when rates go up because rates are too low. They've got to go up and they got to go up a lot. You know, yeah. now, did we think they would be in the sevens? No, I thought that we would go from the high twos to probably the high fours. Oh. But even in the high fours, it was killing the refis. So. I think first and foremost, that's the biggest struggle I see for most loan originators is they were caught a little bit off guard because let's face it, the refis were the low hanging fruit. They didn't have to work as hard for it. And I hate to say it, but our business is filled with a lot of people that will take the least, the path of least resistance. You know? Totally. People get into sales because they want to make money and they want to do it on their terms, you know, and, um, and, you know, I'm trying to find a nice way <laughs> without saying that they're lazy, but we do have a lot of that lazy lackadaisical attitude in our industry when the business is great. And it was great for two and a half solid years. Yep. Um, so that's the first and foremost thing is just, we really focus. And that's, that's one of the things that, that again, me and Anthony were very aligned with in the fact that you mortgage is a purchase driven company that loves our refis when they're there, but we really hammer home. You know, our, one of our core values is relationships, not transactions. And we believe that we live it. And what we mean by that is a refi is a transaction. A realtor relationship is going to give and give and give. A refi is going to give. Maybe their Aunt Betty will be referred to you. Maybe they come back to you in five years for another refi. But a relationship with a realtor, that can give 20, 30 times in a year. Maybe it's a low, maybe it's a low producing realtor. It gives two or three times a year. Still way more than any refis that we're going to give you. All right. Well, cool. one, don't knock Aunt Betty. All right. <laughs> we, we love Aunt Betty. Sorry, Betty. Todd didn't mean it. Um, but I think that one of the crucial things for everybody to understand here is that it is a relationship business. It is. No matter how you slice it. I would say that our business is probably, even today, 
80% repeat clients and client referrals. Um, that's, those are the relationships we cultivate. And a lot of our coaching clients do, I, uh, you know, a nod to Scott Edwards, who does incredible things for client appreciation type work, uh, those kinds of things. And, uh, actually he'll be speaking about that at the mile high mastermind next week. Um, but referral partner relationships, I think what really escapes a lot of our brethren a lot of the population on both sides, on every side, whether you're a real estate agent, a divorce attorney, a financial planner, an insurance agent, and certainly a mortgage originator, is that you need to understand that the key to that phrase is relationship. Okay. Are you really cultivating working with people that you would have in your home for dinner? Um, are you really working? Uh, the, the kinds of things that really spark this for me is, um, I. how do I phrase this um the the broncos the denver broncos have had two games sort of in denver this year um back to back they found ways to lose both of them because they're a pretty shitty football team but week one i went with a real estate agent that i spend a lot of time with we have a relationship yesterday i went with a title rep that i do a lot of work with um in fact shout out to lauren collins and first integrity title one of our sponsors for the mastermind event next week um, we have a relationship. We're buddies. We, yes, come to my house for dinner. Yes, let's go to a sporting event together. And yes, let's do some good work together because she wants to make sure I can put my kids through college. I want to make sure that he can make his alimony payments, whatever the fuck it is. But a lot of people in our business kind of lose focus of that. And they think that it's a numbers game. And I just, need to talk to 40 agents a day or 80 agents a day or 160 agents a day or whatever the fuck that number happens to be, which can spiral out of control. And they're missing the bigger picture. They're they're essentially trying to snatch crumbs rather than really have a relationship. I, I assume that there's a, because you know this, your relationships are hardcore, solid, deep, long strong relationships. So I assume that you're helping a lot of these LOs, the you mortgage LOs, understand that mentality, make that shift. We're not just calling, asking for business. We're trying to identify people that we can help, that can help us, that we would get along with, that would run in our circles that are part of our tribe. We're into the same kind of things. We think the same way. We like the same things. And God, I just think that hurdle, that psychological shift, that mental shift is such a big deal right now. It really is. I'm really hoping our brethren are getting it. Yeah. And and that's and that's exactly what we drive home. I mean, we really, really drive it home to these guys that, you know, you've got to build these relationships. And it's not just me. I mean, we've got some great people in our company that know that. Um, I'll use uh, Andrew Katie out of Andrew. Florida. I knew Andrew's name was going to come up during this. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy that has a Facebook group full of realtors. I don't even remember how many thousands he has. And he's just bringing value to them. And as a result, he's built relationships with some of the best agents in his market and where he is licensed. And, and, you know, Andrew's a beast. And Andrew was like the yin and my yang. He was like the fairway guy in retail. And I was a broker guy, you know, and, but. And and a one man broker guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And 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 fairway is a monster retail op. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's been a great relationship ever since he's come aboard, and me and him work so well together, helping you know build help, just helping loan officers in general at our company, and there's others at, at our company just as well. Tyler Hodgins out of Dallas. I mean, we've got some Jimmy Hobson them guys out of Utah. I mean, these guys are all focused on the relationships with the with the realtors, and you know, and I use the you know I'm you know my my tagline answer your damn phone. I mean, when I came aboard, everybody's like, oh, the answer your damn phone guy, but it's true. It's like You've got to give value to these realtors. You've got to be there when they need you. You've got to build these relationships. They don't happen in an instant. You don't do one deal and you have a relationship. It takes the next deal and the next deal. And as you build those relationships, they become so solid and bulletproof that the market doesn't matter. You know, and, True story. and one of the things we're doing right now, I'll give you an example. I was at uh, I was at NAM National. Was it last last week? I think it was whenever. I, I don't know. My travel schedule has been crazy. This year. I lose track of time. But yeah, last last week i was at nam national the week before and it's the first time i've been to a nam event in years but it was a good event and um i met a couple guys and i don't know if you've seen any of the u mortgage stuff online but we do this thing called weekend warriors you know where we have our loan officers out there going to open houses and then they post a picture with the agent they promote the agent's listing yada 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 you know i don't want to get too deep into it but we we promote that and it's all over Facebook. Like you'll, if you go on Facebook on Saturday, you're going to see multiple U mortgage guys on social media talking about weekend warriors and they're at an open house. I had a couple of different guys at NAM national knew me come up. So they said, you know, what's the deal with this open house stuff you guys are doing? I'm like, <laughs> well, I said, it's called doing what you got to do in a down market. I said, you know, I haven't done open houses for years, but I remember doing them when I was first starting out. It was a good way to beat realtors and get business. The one guy kind of rolled, I'm not going to say their names because they, they're well known, but one guy rolled his eyes at me and didn't say anything. The other guy looked right at me. He said, yeah, that's for rookies. He said, I can't believe you, you've got some of these guys willing to do that. And I'm like, okay, I know this guy and I know his numbers. I don't know them exactly, but I know what he's doing. And I know my people are doing way better than he is right now. And I'm like, dude, you know, you do, you've got, you do what you have to do to make money in this business and create create loans when there's not loans falling out of the sky like it was in 21 and to get a guy kind of roll his eyes and another guy kind of dismiss what we're doing i'm like that's the problem in this business right now you've got guys that were so fat and happy from 20 and 21 they still think that loans are going to fall out of the sky like raindrops to them and it's not and, no. and, and they haven't figured that out after a year plus you would think wow. I, if, you know you would have thought this was a conversation i was having in april of 22 and no, it was a conversation I was having in September of 23. And it just, it really kind of lit a fire under my ass to go back and reiterate this to my people. Like, this is why we're winning, guys, because you guys are out there doing what it takes to get business. And other people are still shell-shocked from the market and thinking that it's going to come back around instantly to them. And it's not. So, we're, we're just doing things like that. I mean, it's as basic as that is, as basic, basic as answering your phone, as basic as doing open houses. But you know what? The Those are the foundations of the industry we're in. All the bells and whistles of social media and everything else are great, but you got to have the foundation to build it upon. And that's what we're building on. So we've I, I've got a different mindset about what you're describing. Oh, yeah. But, and there's different ways to do it. Oh, absolutely. But I want for our entire audience here, if you're a loan originator and you're doing this weekend warrior open house type of activity, great, go do it. But you've got to be constant and consistent in your lead gen. I will never, ever judge someone 
on how they do their lead gen. I will judge you if you don't do it. And That's really the kicker. And, and follow-up is everything, especially with open houses. If, if these guys go out and do 10 open houses in a weekend, pop-ins, and they don't follow up on Tuesday, it was all for nothing. Yeah, well, maybe you got to see some nice houses, but that would be about the extent of it. Yeah, if you're using that as the icebreaker, as the toehold on a relationship, and then you're not actually doing the legwork to further broaden, deepen, strengthen the relationship, then, yeah, don't waste your time. Yeah. Agree. And we do other things, too. I mean, that's just one example. I mean, we've got... um, We've got something called Agent Connect that we're rolling out in the next couple of weeks. That's going to be huge for us. I mean, you know, we're 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 providing solid pre-qualified leads to realtors of borrowers that are actively looking that don't have realtors. I mean, you know, I can't go too deep into it yet, but that's something we're starting to promote, and we're getting a lot of tractions with realtors saying, "Hey, tell me more about it." And we're like, "Okay, well, you know, join our our list, and we'll vet you." And you have to. You know, we have to accept you because we're not taking the part-time realtor that does one loan a year, you know, I mean, or one transaction a year. So, um, but it's just, it's a lot of things and you have to have your, you have to have a lot of irons at the fire. You know, open houses aren't the only thing. Calling listing agents aren't the only thing. You know, dealing with title companies and building those relationships. All these things matter as a whole. None of them matter as a, as a single entity. So that's what she's called. That's what I mean by lead gen. You have to find multiple ways to generate leads and, and it's a process it's a process it's a process you've got to keep at it yeah yeah very very true god that is fantastic um and yeah jen and i have a probably what's going to be a similar process for how i met your mortgage and we when we have real estate agents on the show we've got a pretty significant amount of vetting uh we do want to make sure that uh they are going to have content for our audience, that they are successful, that they are doing the things that the uh, loan originators and real estate agents that follow us, that consume our content would uh, certainly get something out of. And then, yeah, if uh, if you're a real estate agent and you've been on How I Met Your Mortgage more than once, uh, then yeah, you've been through that vetting process and we've interviewed you to realize that yeah, you're actually a cool person to talk to as well. So yes, come on back. Come on back. I'm not going to say anything about the agents that haven't been invited back because now <laughs> I hurt their feelings. So yeah, uh, you know, just stick with that. So what do you think the next, I don't know, where are we at? We're probably still, I'm thinking, 9, 12 months in this kind of a cycle, this kind of a market. I think so. I mean... You know, a year ago, I would have said, hey, by mid-2023, things will turn around, but they haven't, obviously. Um, We are seeing the Fed chipping away at inflation. That's been good. I think the Fed has been extremely... I think the Fed is short-sighted in the fact that they haven't given all these rate hikes time to really marinate into what needs to happen. I mean, you can't do a rate hike and expect the next cycle 30 days, 60 days later for the for for things to be seen from that rate hike, they take time. I do think we're going to see a bit of a slowdown next year. I think it's going to be a presidential election year, which is going to be weird because of what we're going through. I think the Fed's going to want to be extremely down the middle, not seeing favor in either side. So I think that they'll probably hike one more time. And then next year, we'll probably see language that will 
probably, I think we'll see rate relief probably in the second quarter of next year. And when I say rate relief, I think we'll get into the high fives. You know, I mean, if like if you're, you know, I think we'll see about a, a hundred basis point, maybe 150 basis points improvement by the second quarter of next year. Yeah. But we're not going to be in the force, you know. I think we can. No, that'll year. take some more time. Yeah, I think we can end the year possibly in the high force, you know, yeah. depending on a soft landing or hard landing on the economy. Well, uh, and I think it's a hard thing. And yeah, Jen, I know we're going to run over and now we're talking about boring economic shit, but bear with us. She, you could hear, I could hear Jen roll her eyes 50 miles away. Um, <laughs> but I, I understand the Fed's policy. And I think the best description I ever heard of it was from Barry, who we've, uh, we should get back on the show sometime soon, Jen, yeah. because it's been a minute. Um, the Fed really drives in the rearview mirror. They have to take into account a 12-month history of what's going on economically in order to make those kinds of decisions. They can't look out the windows. They can't look at the side view mirrors as to what's going on. They can't look out the windshield to see what's going to happen. Fed policy pretty much dictates that they drive looking in the rearview mirror. And for decades, that worked because the economy moved at a fairly normal pace. Right now, things are so violent, so volatile, that 12 months is a ridiculous history. I mean, it may as well be decades based on what we've seen over the last 50 years. So it's very, very difficult for Fed policy to actually make sense in the current economy. But it is what it is, and I get it, and I agree. I think we start to see some easing off of what they're trying to do to curb the inflation early next year, Q1, Q2. I do think that starts to immediately reflect in mortgage rates, Q2, maybe Q3. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. And yeah, you're probably right. We're probably solidly in the fives, maybe even dipping into the fours next year, probably solidly into the fours the year after. And when people ask me when they can get another 3% mortgage, I say, in Europe, you know, I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, certainly not over the course of my career. No. I mean, if, but, we, if we go back to the threes or high twos, it means that something catastrophic has happened. Yep. And I don't want to see that. You know, I mean, it was great to have those low rates, but who would you would you give up those low rates to not ever have had COVID? Absolutely. I would have. Sure. Yeah. Well, I how mean, many people died? How many yeah, businesses struggled? The yeah. The people that are still struggling from it, people with the long COVID, the the people that lost everything, like the, the catering business. I, I know a couple that had a multi-million dollar catering business and they were living really, really well off of a catering business. They spent 30 years growing from nothing. Totally wiped out. Went back to I mean, wiped out. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be wiped out in March of 2020. I literally thought I was going to have the worst year of my life in 2020 because it was like everything was shutting down. How am I going to, who's going to buy houses? Who knew that it was going to be the best thing ever for the real estate market, but, right. yeah, or was it the best thing? I don't know. I mean, housing prices are way over inflated and not coming down anytime soon. So who knows, but it's, yeah, the fed, the fed thing is a little scary when you think about, when you look at their resumes and these are academics, these are people that have no correlation really to main street and what, what they're doing. It's, not even Wall Street. No, no, it's scary. I mean, it's scary when you think these are the guys setting policy, but they have no real world understanding of it. They only have what's written in books and in, in, in academia. And it's like, 
I don't know. These aren't the, these aren't the people I have a lot of faith in. And I'm not one of these anti-Fed, anti-government. I, I don't believe in any of that stuff. I mean, I'm very mainstream, but it is a little scary when you look at who's running all this. And you hope that they wake up soon and see they better be careful because they're going to tip us over the edge if they're if we're not careful and we're going to have a hard landing and that's not good because then people lose their jobs and you know it might be good for us because it'll bring a refi boom and everything else but it's not good for the overall public and economy at all well and i think what went on during the pandemic and this potential combination is really summed up well with uh, a bit out of the big short and for those of you that aren't in real estate and mortgages uh Mainstream movie, basically about what went on in the mortgage and real estate crash in the early part of the century. Um, God, I hard to believe we're 15 plus years separated from that. But one of the characters is played by Brad Pitt. Not that we would ever expect to see Brad Pitt in a economist role, but there it was. And he said something that was really, really profound, or his character did, that for every 1% increase in unemployment, 40,000 people die. Yes. So would we ever want to see something like that? No. I mean, that's, yeah, we're, and we're teetering. I, I agree. I think that uh, the Fed has some power, kind of like a kid wielding his dad's gun, that they don't quite have their heads around. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what goes from there. And yes, Jen, I know we're over time and I know that we could probably go on with uh, e- economic talk to the point where <laughs> our audiences who are looking for ideas on their lead gen and their team structure and their client retention and so on and so forth uh, isn't going to have a whole lot to do with it. But Todd, thanks, man. Uh, we love having you on the show. We're going to get you booked for another. Uh, by then, who knows, maybe you'll be president. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> no I, I appreciate it thanks for having me on and and, and I, I don't know it's funny how I met your mother was a show I watched back in the day and I always love your I love the idea of how I met your mortgage so it's like it's catchy and I love it so I'm always willing to do it anytime you'll have me on cool thanks Jen we've got all kinds of things going on and I know you're breathing a sigh of relief that we've only got one or two more weeks before uh, you get a little bit of a break from event planning uh our minus my wedding that's two weeks after it oh Uh, (laughs) i did yes yes i was thinking about it this time last year we had mile high mastermind and i then i immediately hit the road the night of the event to drive to maine oh yeah then you went to hike across spain yeah i hiked the camino and now this year we have the event and two weeks later i have my wedding i just am a glutton for punishment in september it appears oh i hope rj isn't listening she didn't mean that (laughs) (laughs) i promise jen did not mean that Uh, i just made him watch the big short last weekend i think so cool we just watched it yeah um but yes all that to say next week is our seventh annual mile high mastermind um i'm really excited about the lineup of content it's a little different this year we have an ai panel so um, we'll deep dive into how AI can be a benefit for your business and you don't have to be afraid of it. Uh, I am doing my 30 pieces of content based on one big idea. Um, Adam's going to talk about how to build your team and interviewing and kind of our unique perspective of how we do that in our office. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Scott Edwards is going to come talk about event planning for referral partners. I met with him on Friday and he's got a really cool workshop 
idea. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and all kinds of other stuff. We've got Chad coming to talk about storytelling. We have Valerie coming to talk about LinkedIn. So next week, there are still tickets available. So you can text tips to 63566 to get that link, along with all the past episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage, our weekly little tip, Adam's book, book a free hour of coaching, the podcast, all the things. All the text things. Text tips to 63566. Cool. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Todd. We, yes, we love having you. you on this show. Um, I trust I'll see you in Vegas at Fuse shortly thereafter. We're only a few weeks out from that. Uh, yep. But early next month, you'll be there? Yeah. So I'll see you in, what is that, about three weeks away, two weeks away, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think uh, it's the week after Mastermind pretty much every year. I think yeah. we've kind of coordinated that with the good folks at AIM to uh, make sure we don't conflict because we did do that one year. and. Um, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> can, we just, can we just have everybody watching that does events look outside of Vegas? I will have by by the end of this year, I will have made seven trips to Vegas this year. Now it's great because oh, it's only a forty-five minute plane ride for me. Same. I, I am Vegas out at this yeah. point. I I would just make a plea to the organizations that do Vegas for their events between like April and October. Can Todd's used to the heat? I hate yeah. that shit. Can we knock that off? If you guys want to go to Vegas in February, I am down. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we were there for Fuse last year. It was still a hundred degrees outside in October. It's it's a hundred and five here in Phoenix today. So okay, that's enough that's of that. Gross. With that, we're gonna <laughs> hang up on Todd. Todd, thank you for joining us. For the rest of you, either watching live or in syndication or listening to the podcast, which is available forty eight hours after our live episodes. You can get all that information about us by texting that tip code Jen had mentioned, text tips to 63566. And otherwise, you can catch us here live on Mondays at 1030 Mountain Time. I know that throws Todd for a loop because he's in Arizona. <laughs> Not sure what the hell the time zone is anymore. Uh, yeah, it's the smartest thing. Can we get rid of daylight savings time too, please? Speaking of federal policy let's mm. ditch that shit um but you can catch us here on mondays at 10 30 mountain time with new episodes of how i met your mortgage todd thank you jen love seeing you i'll catch you tomorrow for the rest of you have another amazing week thanks guys <laughs>